Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all at whatever time you are joining. I'm your host of Sunday Dinner Dynamic, Clayton D. Stanberry. And today we will begin part two of the series, Who Are You Insured By? Now, today's episode is called Let God Be God. Now, again, I am no pastor, just a student remaining teachable, inviting you to seek God's face with me as we stand together in his army during this holy rebellion. Now, with that being said, would you mind joining me in prayer? Because I believe in setting the mood and posture on Jesus before we begin to ensure he is first and that we are in his presence. So if you will join me, let's get into the attitude of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, giving you all praise, honor, and glory. We just want to take this time right now to thank you for giving us another day in life, another chance to be together in your name. Father, your word says, where two or more gather in my name, so shall I be present. So, Father, we come to you right now seeking your presence, asking that you give me guidance as I speak this message today, asking that you open up my heart, soften my heart for the things that are bothering me. May they be cast out right now, Father God. The things that may be heavy on me, Father, may they be removed. We bind them up in the name of Jesus right now, Father God. Give me the strength and the boldness to walk in you right now. May we walk together. This prayer is not just for me, Father God. It's for anyone that may be listening, anyone that may be tuned in. I know not what they're feeling. I know not what they're dealing with, Father God. But what we do know is the enemy does not want us in your presence. The enemy wants us to stay bound to the old ways and the old habits of our old selves. So, Father God, we come to you right now and we ask that you walk with us. And as you walk with us, may we see your face. May we hear your voice. May we do what you want us to do. Nothing can stop us, Father God. We know that you are with us. We know that the Holy Spirit is in this moment right now, Father. And we just thank you for allowing us to be in your presence. As we go into this message today, Father, whoever needs to hear this, may a revelation be given to not only myself, but anyone that may need it, Father God, as we let you be you. For it's in the mightiest name of Jesus that we pray. We give you all the praise, honor, and the glory. We love you. We honor you. We exalt you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope everybody was blessed by that prayer. So we will just continue to walk in him right now. And I hope you all are tuned in and ready for a good message. Again, today's title was Let God Be God. So... Today, we're going to do something a little different, though. For those of you who may not know, I write music as one of God's many blessings. Now, because of that, I am able to write poetry. Another secret is I also am in active recovery, and I use these gifts to release what may hold me back or just slow me down. I would like to share a poem I wrote when I started my walk of sobriety. It's entitled Outspoken. I believe it will give you insight to me, my testimony, and my walk for change. But most importantly, it fits with today's topic. <laughs> so don't judge me. But here it is, outspoken. <clears throat> Long live the old me. It was fun, but it's over now. On a solar cloud, it's lonely how when reaching new highs, see, I knew it was some hate to you. Yet it's enough in this world, I see. Fatherless girls, sons trapped in the system. It's slim pickings when the nightshade explains your existence. Who's at me? My words are my weapon when this world gets crafty. 
But silence is a friend to me, vocalizing is the enemy. But when faith seems to enter me, the pen is my remedy. Just a crafty triangle exposing the chemistry of every line. I'm confined in verbal polygamy. One time for escaping demonic notions of emotional gun smoke. I'm provoking to some folks a victim of low self-worth while aligned with dumb jokes. See, you laugh at, but I laugh away my pain. Hold on, I can't explain. See, I find sanctuary and hiding within fake smiles of disdain. Is it wrong to be a slave to the process? Avoid dealing with but dodge stress? But I'm conformed to the world and all of its views. I just became okay with that concept. Now I know that's a lot to digest, but it's better than lashing out. So as I stand around in a stance of proud, I stay away from those that brag aloud. But see, my heart creates a vibe to withstand the crowd. So if in need of a love, just receive this buzz and feel free as verbal hugs. Overstand the smile. And again, that's titled Outspoken. At a time where I was fresh into recovery and just lost. Completely, completely lost. But um, now I chose that and I chose to share it because it expresses my mindset at that time. While still showing how vulnerable I was to mental and worldly views, I felt the need to explain who God made me to be. To those who chose to ignore who God made me, made them to be, excuse me. In essence, I was trying to be God, defending where it was his job to. I then did not know I was just angry. I thought at others, but maybe even God. I know now it was at myself. But if I explained while defining myself or defending myself, then I could blame others, right? That sounds like a form of vengeance, huh? And it was. But Romans 12, 19 through 21 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Another scripture that comes to mind to remind me that I am not alone and should seek direction to discern when to fight is Ephesians 6, 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Upon realizing my flaws, I began to question my faith and felt that it was for show. Maybe I spent so much time trying to correct people when it was not my place to do so. I was too proud to extend grace knowing that as I am alive, I too was given grace. But free will with my line of thinking tells me you talk about shame or harm me in any way, it's my right to get my get back, you know, an eye for an eye. But that's the old way. I was just, in fact, making an external problem and not letting God be God. When in turn, all alone was an internal battle. Ephesians 6.12 explains that my fight is not with flesh and blood. My spiritual before birth insurance policy states that he died for me and his blood washed away all of my sins. That extends to all of God's children. So how do I have the right to be angry? I'm covered and have godly authority given by the blood of Jesus. Retaliation wasn't the answer. Grace and prayer was. 
But when you don't know yourself and you run from God in your mind, you become God. But as a believer and a follower, you know, I'm supposed to be in Christ. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, but behold, the new has come. So where was I going wrong at that time in life, during that time of writing that poem? I was not humble enough to let God be God. I was not trusting. I wasn't walking my new freely given freedom and dominion. Ephesians 5, 8 tells me, for you were once darkness, but now we're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. See, if I'm being honest, I knew of my darkness, but I feared my light. Luke 9, 23 I didn't want to pick up my cross and walk with him daily, as scripture says. I instead hid in my shame, grew angry, and lashed out at the wrong people, not letting God be God. But God knew this would be my walk and choice at that time, as well as in other times, and he sent the Savior for me. Before I was born into this world, that I may have insurance at times when I did not know, that I may reach this point where I grew to understand his assurance, not that I would walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk, in futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, as Ephesians 4, 17, 18 states. But to be unwise, but to understand, but not to be unwise, excuse me, but to understand what the will of the Lord is, as it states in Ephesians 5, 17. What I'm saying is, if I let God be God, instead of trying to be God, I can no longer be who I was, but walking as a new creation, whom he sees me as. If I let God be God, my heart will change, and I will extend grace instead of hate. Because 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21 says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For me, this means that as his blood is my insurance, God provides assurance that if I give my problems to him instead of allowing anger to become sin, he will fix it. For my good, all battles will be won, all glory will be his. When you let God be God, you remember who you are insured by. I am reminded of the, all of this in Ephesians 4, 25 through 32, which states, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather... Let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may be, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for then, I do apologize, <laughs> but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, 
whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speak and be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. To me, it's not how you start, but how you finish. Let God be God, and you can finally look at yourself, see your wrongs, take accountability, forgive yourself, and begin to live anew. God assures of grace, strength, and love via the obedience of Jesus Christ. So keep your insurance first, and nothing can stand against you. It doesn't really matter what we face. It doesn't matter what we go through. We have to remember that our battles in this world are but temporary. The Bible says that pain may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So what we experience, what we go through, is just temporary. Even more so, it's not external. We're not supposed to worry about the external problems. Those things are just worldly things, things that we can see and we tend to tell ourselves we have control over. For me, that was a huge thing. I'll be completely hot as my pastor, Michael Todd from Transformation Church says, humble, open, and transparent. I have a lot of flaws. And walking my journey of 12 steps, I realized these flaws. I'm now working on these flaws with God because I have to do my part as well. It says in the Bible, faith without work is dead. So I am walking with him to fix the problems that I didn't want to admit were there as well as I did not realize was there. I have three beautiful children. And two of those children I share with my ex-wife. Now, I'll be completely honest. I did not want to be divorced. And in some ways, this wasn't completely my problem or my fault. But in the ways and areas where it was, I ignored it because I covered it with so much trying to fix it, trying to make things right. From... Being in prison when my daughter was born, so I had no idea what postpartum was and completely shunned her or ignored her at that time. But I tried to correct it with my second child, so I just felt like, okay, I should be forgiven for this. But who says that there is a time limit on grief? Who says that she had to move on from that before I wanted her to? or when I wanted her to. I wasn't letting God be God. I made the mistakes. I had faith to believe that if I wronged someone or wronged her, that I was to fix that problem. But I didn't have faith enough to allow God to be God and work on her and soften her heart. I didn't go to him and pray for her. <laughs> I get upset when I think about how many times I've been homeless. And it always seems to happen when I just paid bills or something in her home. But see, that's just it. It was her home. 
out of us being married, there's only one time where we went and got a place together because I was in active addiction and I didn't love myself. So I had no idea of how to love her. And I thought because I was being a good father or I provided when necessary or when needed, or I would go to the streets and make a way that I was doing the right thing as a husband. I wasn't providing security. I wasn't letting God be God. See, I didn't know what real love was. And I thought real love meant take abuse. I thought real love meant allow someone to walk all over you. Now, I'm going to keep this about me, but those things were things that I endured and I kept to myself and I walked in as an excuse to allow me to continue to run from God, to allow me to continue to place blame on everybody else. I was selfish. I wasn't allowing God to be God. Now, when I think about that, and I really take myself out of that, if I didn't do any of the things that I did, then I wouldn't have fulfilled God's purpose and been at this point that I'm at right now. And I have some adversity that I am facing that is true. But God is the center of it all. In my marriage, God was no longer the center of it. The world got involved. We began to resent each other. Not once did we go to him. Not once did we know who we were insured by. Not once did we remember that in him, anything is possible. Instead, our visions of life grew separate. I struggled to find him and search after him and find a way to lead my family and become the man that I was supposed to be. In turn, she grew to find the grind to be more satisfactory. So we grew apart. Now, I share this because I need you to understand, again, I am not a pastor. I'm only a student. This was a struggle for me writing this second episode because like I told y'all in the first episode, I do not know what I'm doing. I do not know why God has me doing any of this, but he's working and he's walking with me. So I'm trying my best to be obedient. The best thing I can do is share me. And the times where I didn't remember who I was insured by, that I was a child of God, that I was saved via the blood of Jesus Christ. I did not walk in my holy dominion and my God given dominion because I was trying to be God. I did not let God be God. For 10 years, I've run back and forth, longing for love from this one that I love so much. Loved to the point where nothing else mattered. I idolized her. And the Bible clearly tells us that God is a jealous God. No one is to be in his place. 
but it also tells me that nothing can separate me from the love of God. So what I thought I was looking for the entire time, or I was trying to force or create, I was hurting myself. Allowing myself to be hurt while he watched. Instead of listening every time when he said, just let it go. Now, sometimes God rejects the ideas that we have. But that's a part of letting him be him. And sometimes that rejection isn't necessarily rejection. It's sometimes protection. I didn't know that he was trying to protect what little bit of love I still had in me until now. Because as I was giving up, he was showing up. As I was calling it quits, <laughs> it was already fixed. I did not remember or I did not know that my tomorrow is God's today. Because I was too busy being selfish. I was too busy looking for my way of doing things. My way of operating my way of controlling life. And I completely ignored the fact that the way I was walking was not something that a man was to do. A man of God, for sure not. Because as I was doing everything to be there, I was hiding my real emotions via drugs and alcohol. Destroying my temple, destroying my body, destroying my soul. Because I couldn't figure out how to please or be there for someone. When God was telling me that it wasn't my time to. Now, don't get me wrong. You will never hear me speak ill of the mothers of my children. That will never be me nor my, not my ex-wife, nor my daughter's mother. But I will be honest about where I could have been better and where I stand now. By letting God be God, I now realize that no matter what we've been through, I have the power to extend grace and forgiveness the same way that he extends grace and forgiveness. As well as no matter what, I have the power to love unconditional because love is the answer to cure all. And God is insanely in love with me. So that very same insane in love that I felt for my ex-wife, I can still have. But I have to realize that I don't own her. I can't fix her. I can't change her. That's God's job. I have to let God be God. My job is to pray for her. My daughter's mom, we have a troubled past as well. A whole lot of misunderstanding and lack of communication on both spectrums of both relationships. And I always try to fix what I see wrong, try to make it better. Meanwhile, hurting myself the whole time and making myself less desirable or less attractive when I'm supposed to be the head and not the tail. See, fellas, no woman wants to be with a man and 
do not feel that security. And it's not always just financially. It's emotionally and spiritually as well. And sometimes that involves being quiet and listening. That involves being that shoulder to lean on. That firm hug with a gentle touch of the forehead that says, baby, I got you, I'm here. The same way that God does it to us. But it starts with learning who we are. In order to do that, we have to let God be God. I heard a pastor say, thank the elders of your family because them were the people who showed you to God and God showed you to you. I believe it was Pastor Mike who said that. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> but I didn't know me until I really gave in and surrendered to know me. God had to show me. I had to let God be God. Now it's not easy. Some of us may be involved in relationships or involved in situationships or entanglements or whatever you want to call it, but some of us may be trapped in a place where at the end of the day, someone else's energy and or demonic spirits that's attached to them are wearing you down. I implore you, please, don't give up on that person, but remove yourself in the areas that you have to in order to be better and to serve God. Now, let's be honest. We all know that Jesus secluded himself off in prayer frequently. And sometimes we all get lonely. We, we all go through these problems. We get lonely. We get frustrated because we're by ourselves. But we're not truly alone. We're never alone. Because of who we are insured by, we can call on his name at any time. But when you do that, you have to be willing to let God be God. Don't make the same mistakes I made. Father, thank you. You're so good. Confirmation was just given. My reasoning for doing this is because I am to bear myself. It says that we're supposed to carry our cross daily, right? Okay, so it's my job to carry my cross and use myself to enlighten others. Now, I'm no longer with my ex-wife. And every day is a struggle from dreams to moments in time where I see something or areas that remind me of her. And not to mention, what people don't understand is when a man loses his wife or the woman that he's in love with, if they have children, he loses them as well. Now, where I take accountability is if I got sober sooner and I realized that I had to live for God which would put me in a place to live for them, I would be in my kid's life faster. I wouldn't have to worry about them being kept away from me or me having to beg to see my daughter or anything like that because 
I would have the monetary needs to go fight for them. Instead, I continued to harm myself, be my own master, run from what God was calling me to do, avoid the fact that even though I love somebody and I'm in pain about it, that doesn't mean it's the end of the world, and actually put my kids first, which means that I lose out as well as they lose out on valuable time. So now I'm left with fear. And that fear is because of shame, guilt, remorse. Things that I have to continuously pray away. Every day. Every moment, sometimes second to second, I have to look at myself, accept where I am, forgive myself, make amends and ask for forgiveness from those whom I may offend it. And I have to let God be God. Once I've done all I can do, I am to stand. Not just stand, but stand firm. Now, this may not be easy to hear. But maybe someone else is going through that and God wants you to understand you cannot control that person and how they treat you or what they do to you or the things that you've been through. But what you've been through can be your testimony. And it can help somebody else. And it also can open up your heart and soften your heart and make you realize what you have is enough. Being completely hot again, I am not in a financial place where I'm able to do all these extravagant things that I see people doing. And as a man, sometimes that bothers me because it makes me feel like I'm lacking. So what do I do? I remove myself from social media. I am on no social media platforms. Now, you may be able to search me and find those pages, but those apps are not on my phone. And to my knowledge, those pages are deactivated. I am not in a place where I know this Bible front to back and I can tell you where all of these scriptures are. As you can see, sometimes I'm able to quote them if I write them down or some I remember because they really resonate with me. But God says you got a phone, right? You got an app that will allow you to record what you're thinking or feeling and share with the world, right? Okay, you don't want to go sit down and talk to a therapist. That's fine. Well, you have an addiction problem. Here's AA. Now you can go talk to men that are just like you. Now you can go talk to women who are just like you. And you can hear their stories and what they've been through and find reverence in the things that you may have caused in another woman. You can hear men and what they've been through and find revelation in what they have done. And you can see what you have done and see how they're dealing with that. Eventually, it'll humble you and the remorse, the guilt, the shame will leave. Eventually, you'll start, instead of praying to get your ex-wife back, you will accept that that is not of God. And that's not what he wanted. And it never was of him. But you were able to get two blessings out of that. I have two beautiful sons with her. And what I'm doing right now 
will be recorded forever for them to go back and hear. And they'll see how I walked with God. I didn't give up. I let God be God. He led me. And eventually when I get to them, I can say, hey, well, this is what daddy's been doing. Even when I didn't have a job or I was waiting to start a job or money was real low or my family was at odds with each other or I didn't have no idea what I was going to eat or I didn't have no idea what bills I were going to pay. I had a little bit of jazz music thanks to YouTube and I had a cell phone that could record and I had a message in my heart and I had some confliction in my heart and I was able to get it out. I was able to help somebody. I was able to talk to somebody. Now, they may not be able to talk back at that moment, but they hear me. I'm a living sacrifice for God now. And all I had to do was surrender, repent, and let God be God. I now can say, hey, I am what it means when the Bible says faith without work is dead. Just because you're in a bad place doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be used. See, when you accept Jesus Christ in your life and you realize that he loves you, when you understand what he's done, we are during Holy Week right now. And for the first time in my life, I feel closer to him than ever. I get frustrated when I feel disconnected from him, but I know it's my fault now. But God placed me in a place where I have no distractions, whether my situation is bad or I'm frustrated or not, I know that I can come to a quiet moment in my time, be with him, tell him these problems, these concerns, and he'll make a way. He will make a way. You got to give it to him. You have to let it go. You have to surrender it no matter what it is. You have to give it to him. I no longer pray to return to her. I now pray and ask God to make me the husband that I'm supposed to be. So when I meet my wife, I can be the husband that she needs me to be. I now, ask father, I now ask my father to help me to forgive myself for not showing up for my kids the way that I believe I should have. But I thank him for allowing me to be there the way he needed me to be there. Because now that I'm letting him be me, him, he's providing a way for me to get to where I need to get to as long as my heart is pure, as long as the posture of my heart is in the right place. He's given it to me. I don't have to be worthy. None of us are. But if we can be obedient, if we can be slow to anger and realize what we can control, we should. But what we can control, it is not ours to control. One of my favorite prayers is a serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. 
How can I do that if I'm angry? How can I do that if I'm judgmental? How can I do that if my heart posture is leaned towards self? I can't do any of those things that that prayer says. And I don't know about you guys, but I need wisdom. I need to be able to pass my baby something. See, I'm starting to realize that when the Bible says that a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children, what part of that said money? Our worldly views is so human-like. And we know that the heavens are above us and he is above us, which means his thoughts are above us. So the way he thinks is not the way that we think. Who is to say that that inheritance he speaks of is just monetary? To me, I don't get money value from that, even though in the world it says an inheritance is something that contains monetary value. Nine times out of ten. But for me... I'm starting to realize that as I break these generational curses, as I realize that I'm the head and not the tail, that some of these inheritance isn't going to be monetary. What I lack now is not the level of where their inheritance will be. It's what I have now. And what I have now is a growing faith. Is an obedient heart that says, God, okay, have your way. May your will be done. I have the strength to say yes now. And it's a beautiful thing. Because now my children will be able to say the things that my daddy has taught me about praying, praying, the things that my dad listens to and talks to me about, he actually lived, he actually walked. I don't have to worry about what people will say about me or what people will depict about me because let he is without sin cast the first stone. Judgment is reserved for God. So what this world says about me does not matter. What this world believes about me does not matter. But my actions gives my children an opportunity to believe what God needs them to believe. This podcast, this sermon series, this speaking out to people, it's not for me. It's not for me to understand. But it's for something so much more bigger than what I've ever imagined. It's for you. It's for whoever may be listening with you. It's for the friend that you may send this episode or the last episode to and tell them to listen. And all glory is for God. See, when you let God be God, You've already taken the step of accepting Jesus, so you know who you're insured by. But when you let God be God, 
your perception changes. The way you think changes. The way you feel you are able to control now. Because you know, even if I can't control it, I can just stop where I'm at. I don't have to always hit my knees. I might be at the grocery store and the floor might be dirty. But I can stop and stand still right there in that pile of whatever it may be. And I can say, God, please remove this feeling from me. Take away this frustration. Take away this anger. Take away this hurt, Father. Wipe away the tears before they even start to form, Father. I don't want to hurt anymore. I don't want to live in this turmoil anymore. I don't want to be attracted to trauma. I don't want to have to always ask for forgiveness. I don't want to seek approval from other people in this world. I don't want to neglect people. I want to be able to be the blessing. I want to be able to provide. I want to be able to help. No matter what you are going through, no matter what you are feeling, let God be God and go to him with everything. Give it all to him. He cares. He wants to hear you. He wants to hear from you. But remember, it only takes one yes. Forgiveness is hard. It is. Trust me. I will not act as if it's not. Even when it comes to forgiving myself or extending forgiveness, it is hard, but it can be done. A simple prayer and asking God to be there and show you what to do. A bit of humility. And then you step back and you just let God be God. I've lost jobs recently. Jobs that I thought would take me to a new level. And it didn't. Bills are behind. Lights and gas thought they were going to get cut off. Was pretty sure I was going to be evicted. And I wasn't. Am I still facing some of these things? Yes. But God rewards those who long suffer. You have to let God be God. The reason I'm in this place is because I am here to be a testimony for you. It's that simple. I do not know who needs to hear this, but God loves you. And that child you're holding on to, that relationship you're holding on to, that family member you're holding on to, that resentment you're holding on to, that pride in that situation where you can just simply say, I'm sorry, you're holding on to. When you're feeling lazy and don't want to get up and read your Bible, when you're feeling angry and you want to go after God and say, you know what, I just can't do this, you don't love me. All of these things that you may be feeling, you have already been saved. Call on the name of Jesus. Hold on to his sacrifice. Take on his blood and walk in your insurance, knowing that you are covered at all times. Live free. 
Give it to him and let him be him. Let God be God. No matter what, let him be God. Because Psalms 34, 8 tells me, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that takes refuge in him. Proverbs 3, 6 tells me, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. When you do not know what you are to do, choose good, because that means God is in it. When you are confused and you have no idea how to escape this calamity, give it to him. Take refuge in him. Know that he will provide a way for you to go. Walk straight. No looking back. No looking to the side. Put your blinders on. And let God be God. And as you do so, I promise you, you will see a change. It's not going to come when you want it to come. But God is never not on time. It will show up. And when you have these conflicting thoughts that saying, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing or I'm going in the wrong direction or this isn't what God wants me to do or is this what God wants me to do? When you have to question it, that means that the enemy is after you and your thoughts and he's trying to deter you from going in the direction that God wants you to go in. Press through. In the words of AA, it says, we must trudge the road of happy destiny. Push through. Keep pressing. Remember Moses and when he freed his people, when they got to the Red Sea, did he give up? No. He kept pressing. His faith gave faith to his people. And the Red Sea was split. And when adversity tried to come after him, what did God do? He allowed his enemies to be swallowed up by the Red Sea. After him and all his people was brought to safety. Let God be God in your life today. Give him all the strength that you have to muster. And apply it to your faith. I promise you. It will get better. No matter what, it will get better. So... I love you all and pray that you enjoyed this episode and it helps you to become the handler of God's grace and blessings. I hope that your head is held high. I hope that this message reached someone. Please feel free to reach out and or comment. Um, I'm not able to check comments via my cellular phone, but I can go onto my laptop and respond. If there's any feedback, any comments, I do not shun anything. I like criticism. If there's something I can do better, if you have any critiques, if I've even misquoted a scripture, shouts out to my sister Matisse from my belong group at Transformation Church, who corrected me, and I love correction. I love my belong group so much. They are very honest. I, I love the hotness. But if there's anything that I can do better or you guys would like to hear or any topics. It doesn't always have to be about what I want. 
I'm up for the challenge. If there's something that you believe that God wants me to speak on or you would like to hear me speak on or my opinion on, give me the challenge and I'll do the studying and I will see where God leads me. But before we go, let us pray together. Father God, we come to you right now. Thank you for this last 50 minutes of us speaking and being together, of us walking and talking in your name and in your glory. Father, we thank you for the grace that you've extended for us today, Father God. Oh, Father God, as I feel you muster up in me right now, I ask that you just take control of my mouth. Father, lead me in this prayer. Guide me in the way that you would have me go. Father God, as we go into our weeks this week, as we end our weeks this week, Father, we just thank you for the blessings and the grace that you've given us, the things that we did not notice, the things that we have noticed. And we seek your guidance right now, Father. We just want you to be you. We are basking in your glory. We are in awe of your name. We know that you made a way. Father God, we just thank you right now for waiting on us and you did not have to. Father, you are the beginning, the middle, and the end. You could have stopped everything. You did not have to wait on us to come out of our darkness. You didn't have to wait on us to come out of our selfishness. You didn't have to wait on, on us to come out of our anger, Father God, but you walked with us this entire time, even when we did not know. Father, we just thank you so much. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for giving yourself for us. We thank you for walking in obedience. You could have placed anybody on that cross. You could have said no and dealt with repercussions and or anything, because let's be honest, Lord Jesus, you are what Satan wanted to be. God. And man body. And Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for your sacrifice. We thank you so much for your obedience, Lord. And God, as we go into the rest of our day, Father, we just ask that you be with us. And you guide us. We love you. We thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Everybody have a blessed morning, afternoon, or evening. And remember, let God be God. He'll make a way. I love you. See you soon. Peace.